Welcome to a Break in the Action podcast. Here we'll take a break from the tactical and spend our time on the traditional, the Break Action double-barreled shotgun. Join us each week for discussion and interviews centered around vintage and modern shotguns, outdoor pursuits, and sporting literature. So sit back and relax as we take a break in the action. Here's your host, shotgun collector, wing shooter, and sporting clays enthusiast, Ryan Dowdy. Who doesn't want to take part in a traditional British shoot? Whether it be at mile-high driven pheasants at Order Priory, or feathered missiles on a grouse moor in Scotland on the glorious 12th, it makes no difference to me. Either sits at the very top of my bucket list. If you aren't familiar with this style of shooting, let me just summarize by saying it's steeped in tradition and will challenge even the most accomplished gun. Traditional shooting attire is a standard, and of course, the guns are encouraged to be doubles. Now, as a much more affordable option, there are some U.S. hunt clubs that are conducting British-style shoots. Many would argue that none do it better than shoot captain Keith Coyle and the Green Acre Sportsman's Club in central Illinois. A few weeks ago, I got to spend some time with Keith on the phone discussing his background and journey to the U.S., in this second part of our conversation, we're going to take a closer look at the simulated British shoots offered at Green Acres. Whether your targets are clay birds or feathered, I think that you'll agree that it's their attention to the details that make the day. Keith, I think a great place to start and one of the most visually different aspects of a British shoot is the clothing. Yep. Um, you strongly encourage proper shooting attire. I, I really love your YouTube videos that Green Acres puts out. Your guests really do make an effort to dress properly. Walk me through what someone might expect to wear from head to toe. Okay. Well, well, well two things. Firstly, uh, very quickly, because obviously I, I, we, it's great. Nobody means anything, but sometimes I get these comments of, why do you guys wear such goofy clothing? <laughs> and, 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 and I can understand that. Trust me, you know, because believe me, I, I didn't realize that real tree was a fashion statement, not a necessity. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, believe me, I do not sleep in tweed blankets like some people I know sleep in real trees. Um But uh, two things. Firstly, um, the great thing about, uh, and I'll quickly delve into it, you have to remember that with tweeds, okay, remember it was the very first ever wind and waterproof clothing invented by the Scots. Because hmm. where they lived, it was bloody cold and it was always wet. So, they, they invented tweed. Now, the other thing that you have to remember is that uh, really it was only the British aristocracy that uh, would go and shoot a driven game. They, I mean, the British never hunted. And very quickly, folks, um, I stress that the British never hunted. Not like you are so fortunate to do here, because hmm. we never had no free land. But remember that the land is always either owned by the king or, or the Lord or the Duke. And if, and if you were hunting, you were poaching, and that was not advisable to get caught. Right, so, so two things. So we, we go back to the clothing. Now, driven shooting truly, truly was really made popular by, if you like, Queen Victoria and, and that era, because it was Queen Victoria for the British that really made Scotland 
popular. Right. Now, up until really the Queen went to Scotland, Victoria went to Scotland with Prince Albert, um, we did do driven shooting. But remember, chaps wore stovepipe hats and they wore, wore white, uh, tight-fitting uh, trousers, bricks. And of course, the reason why you wear bricks, if you, if I can now show you guys a picture of George Washington, remember, he had like the old white knee trousers and he's pretty Because remember, every gentleman rode a horse. So when you rode a horse, you wore riding boots. Hmm. So you had knee trousers. So when the aristocracies then discovered tweed to keep them warm, of course, they made that into the same clothing that they would wear during the day, which remember was most gentlemen, his trousers went just below his knee because he had to get his riding boots on. So then that's why the clothing developed. That's why we had bricks, okay? And of course, you see blokes playing in the old days, playing golf with plus fours or plus twos. Yeah. That's the inches, by the way, below the knee. So as, a, as this was a winter sport, tweed became really, that was the thing. And it's, and it's like everything else, you know, you dress now for the occasion. Um, generally, you know, like today, I mean, I will wear, um, I'll, I'll wear obviously thick long socks. Uh, I've got my briefs. Um, it, it's a little bit of a fashion thing. From the old days, you always wear your, your coloured tassels and your socks. Now, I didn't choose to wear my Wellington boots today. I could have done because they would come up to my knee. So that's why they work with briefs. I actually wore long ankle boots today. Um, so I have my ankle boots, thick socks, I have my briefs. Um, obviously, invariably, your, your check shirt and most importantly, a tie. <laughs> you, 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 if you went onto an English estate to shoot um, and you didn't, well, you weren't wearing a tie. Uh, no doubt the shoot captain would come up and say, oh, sir, you left a tie at home. Would you like to borrow one of the estates? So, um, so you always wear a tie because, it's, first, it's smart and it shows respect. Um, and then what I did, I had my, uh, I had a, a sweater, but, you know, or, or, or a shoot jumper on underneath. And then I had my, you know, my heavy tweed jacket, which is just so versatile, um, flat cap. Um, so that, you know, so generally, you 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 can wear moleskin trousers. You know they're brilliant cold weather. You don't have to wear briefs, but the real critical factor is shirt and tie. Um, and that that again, and it, the fashion is changing. Um, you know you can get a tweed um, cap now. You know you can get a, a baseball style cap in tweed. I've, I've got several. So, but it's about keeping warm, being practical, but at the same time. Just feeling a bit smart, you know. You 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 make the effort on the day, and of course, ladies' fashion. Ooh, because now if you and, and like really a, a lot of shoot a shoot attire has become lifestyle again. You know, as much as I I, I joke that obviously real tree is a it's it is a fashion style here, but at the same time, as you know now, you know you can get some lovely elegant ladies' clothing, which is lifestyle attire but it's all based on shooting clothing right. um and the same for the gents i mean trust me you know um you know you can you can get a like a what i call a superb three-quarter coat um which you i wouldn't wear to shoot but it has got that sort of twin yeah that look that's lifestyle so remember always remember as well that lifestyle clothing is like your car 
says more about you than cash ever can. And it's that sort of thing. But but remember, it, it, sometimes it, it's not goofy. It's just it, this is where it had its tradition. And as I said, you know, breeks, every man, every gentleman who owned a horse wore breeks because he had riding boots. Um, and that's when you see the, you know, the old-fashioned pictures. But as I say, remember it was the aristocracy that really used to go and shoot. So what they did is they got tweed and applied it to their their fashion clothing of the time. And that's, that's how it went on. Yeah, I personally love it. I think it looks great. Now, aside from the attire, the guns play a big role in a European shoot. What kinds of guns are showing up? I'm guessing that traditional break-action guns are the norm. Would you agree that this is a double-gun game? Um, in actual fact, our last trifecta, we had uh, two gentlemen come along, and they brought a pair of matching birdies wow. between them, um, which were lovely. But look, I, today I've got guys with side-by-sides, great friend of mine, Mark Kinkle. He's Mr. Fox. And, and he's got this wonderful collection of foxes. Um, and, and again, there are some um, really, really lovely guns come up. Um, AYAs, I, I, we've had chaps here with AYAs recently. But the majority of the guns come along and just your normal, I'm a Bretter man. So people come along with their Bretters, their Brownings, their Cesar Greenies, over and up for Arces, over and under. Our, our great... Um, supporter and great member and friend Joe Trad. he's got believe it or not a really wonderful pair of Parazzi side by side wow stunning 30 inch pattern as we've mentioned you offer British style shoots with both live bird and clay targets yep do, do people typically bring their sporting clays guns for the simulated shoots uh, like the Downton Day using clay targets or are they bringing their field guns no no a lot of the guys still bring their field guns because remember we're throwing the clays in, in a, a way that's obviously simulating uh, the driven birds. Um, now, uh, very quickly, with, with the Downton Day, uh, what, I try, what I do, and the way we've done it, is uh, there are four bird seasons in England. Uh, we start in August with driven grouse. Uh, you might know it's referred to as the glorious 12th, 12th right. of August. Right? Now, the grouse, now, now you stand in a, a butt which is normally either a stone butt or, or a wooden butt, which is dug into the edge of the moor. So the grouse will come at you low and fast, you know, like exocet missiles. Um, and, of course, that's what the great Churchill developed the 26-inch barrel gun for, side by side. But, I mean, obviously, we start with that. Now, you can shoot that with a 30-inch um, the sporter. Uh, I've got guys shooting top of sides, double gunning. So you, it, it really is, you can bring the gun that you like, you can have, if you've got a, uh, a lovely gun that you don't shoot normally, like a side-by-side, you bring it along, it's brilliant. We have a really great selection of guns. But to be honest, I've got chaps come along here um, with a, just a standard, you know, good old basic Winchester or you know, over and under, and, and shoots, it just shoots just as well. As I would say to people, remember... It's not the gun, it's the pilot that counts. Yeah. Um, um, but we do, when we, we have people come along and double gun. So we start with grouse, then, then we go up to, in England, um, partridge is September, driven chucker, driven partridge. Now they're what I call hedgehoppers. They're coming over like the field hedges and just over the top of the, 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 the trees. Um, and then October, of course, we start 
present. So what we do is the second drive on the day is what I call the mixed bag. We, we're going up in height. So we go from the grouse butts to another location, and this time the birds are going to be that bit higher. And I simulate driven partridge, driven chucker, with a few high-flying pheasants thrown in. Uh, then we go to the third drive, and now I'm simulating pheasants in what I would call November, December. So now we're going up in height. So now I've gone up. Now we go back to the 60-foot tower, and the, and the targets are set. So by the time they're coming over the guns, these standards and MIDI targets are 80 to 100 feet. Okay, maybe they're coming over you. Right. So that's it. Now, we move to the fourth drive, and by this time, generally, <laughs> your arms are hanging off because you've now just got nearly, you've shot over 300 cartridges, you know, on average. Now, what we do on the fourth drive, um, I'm very fortunate that the trap unit we have on top of the tower, this bank of wobble traps, is on like a, a radar. And believe it or not, we can go up there and literally turn it, rotate it 360 degrees. So uh, Jim, my assistant, he goes up the tower and we swing it round and we've got two other locations on the opposite side of the tower where the ground has dropped away. So in effect, you are the shooter are now another 20 feet lower than the base of the tower. So now, of course, these birds are going to come over you 120 feet, 160 feet. Wow. And, as I, and as I always say to the guns, when we get to the last drive, I say to them, this is not about the volume of your shooting. This is about the quality of your shooting. So it's not about shooting everything. It's about picking your birds and making, and making a great shot. And, and I said, because now what we're shooting is December, January pheasant in Scotland or Yorkshire, where, where they really are pretty high up. And that's how we develop the day. Um, and, it, and we do that. As I said, please forgive me. It's simulated driven game. If you want to do it properly, it's not just about putting a few traps on a hill and saying, oh, you can do that. It's great fun. That, that's a, more of a flurry. But what, what this is about is recreating that, that the four seasons in this one day. And apart from that, it's just really great fun. Because, <laughs> as, as I said, once we turn, because, again, it, on average, the, we, we now say, on average, people will shoot 350 cartridges uh, or possibly more during the day. Just, just, just depends how quick you can load. Um, and, and yeah, and we just do it. And then of course it, it's the food as well. That's what I like so much about your Downton day shoot. Um, it's that variety of targets. So to start to wrap things up, walk me through a typical day's itinerary. What can a shooter expect when he or she arrives? Okay. But it's, it's, the great thing is, uh, we, we we start at nine o'clock, a civilized civilized time. Um, so what we do, we get everybody. You arrive at nine. Uh, most importantly, everybody comes in. Uh, we've got not today. We had the fire going, um, and what we do is we do breakfast, and uh, we do variations on breakfast. You you get some days you'll get what we call the full Monty, which is the very British sort of eggs, bacon, sausages, uh, links, what you call them, and the and the whole bit. This morning's breakfast, by the way, was um, scrambled eggs on crispy toast with um, smoked salmon and a, a dill wow. cream fresh laid over the top. Wow. Okay. So, so we start with breakfast. Then what we do, we, we, we do the brief. Everybody has to do the brief. And most importantly, 
we draw pegs. Now, I've got a, a lovely box, which a good friend of mine, Mark Inkle, made me when I got here. And uh, inside it are some false cartridges. And obviously, we've got a number on the bottom. So I jumble them, you know, you, you open the box, and I say, right, okay, uh, right, Ryan, uh, would you kick us off and pull the first peg? Now, what you might do is you might get the number five. So that's your peg to start from when we go out and shoot. And then what happens, everybody draws a peg. Okay, that's your peg to start from. Um, and very quickly, that's where the phrase luck of the draw comes from. Hmm. Uh, because if, if you draw a lucky peg, it means you get a good shooting position at some point on on the day. And that's what it says. Hmm. So is that a position that you stay at for the entire day? Or do you rotate around? Or Yeah, well, yeah what, what you do, so if you're a peg five, you go out and you start, you go to peg five. And then on the next rotation of that tower, we always move two pegs to the right. Um, so you go to number seven, then you go to nine, and then you'll be back on one. So the great thing is, because because we do tower shoots here, the big difference is, is I have to pretty much either circle the tower because the birds will fly pretty much either where the wind goes or, you know, they're not, they're not beaten. They have their choice where to go. So the most important thing here, drawing the pegs and rotating, is that, again, like on a British shoot, you should, hopefully you'll get birds over, every, over your head at every peg. But there's always going to be one point where the birds may, may fly over a certain area, and for whatever reason, you become the bird magnet on that drive. <laughs> so, so you pick the peg. So what you do, you start, you start on five, go to seven, go nine, rotate. And then... When we move on to what we call the second tower, or your next tower, again, you start on five and you rotate. Now, the big difference is in England, you, we normally only have teams of eight or nine guns maximum. And because the birds are driven at you by a team of beaters, obviously, we set the guns in a line. You know, in, in a geographical area, we set the guns in a line. It doesn't, you know, it can be curved or, you know, but generally straight. So we beat, we beat the birds over you. And again, when we change drives, those guns would do. We move to the to the right here uh, because we just keep it fairly simple. Um, but believe it or not, when you when you go to a British shoot, number one, believe it or not, will be on your right because you know, on shoots. And people say, "Well, why, why do you why do on British shoots that the number one is on the right, not the left?" Which is sort of the normal way to do it. <laughs> And I said, right, well, what you have to do is you have to remember the pegs are not numbered for you. They're numbered for the gamekeeper and the beaters because the beaters are coming towards you. So if I got on the radio and I said to the gamekeeper, look, I need more birds over pegs one and two, they're on his left. It's much, so it's much, so it's the, the pegs we go right to left in England, but it's really for the, for the gamekeeper and the beaters because that's what they see. But here, we always move two to the right, and we go round like we did today. So we draw pegs. We get you on the gun bus. Today, what we do is we start with uh, a simulated drive to warm the guns up. So we go up to our big tower. Um, we get the guns on their pegs. Uh, and then we do a simulated drive. Clay's coming over your head. And that really is as close to a British, you know, cloud of birds in the air. Um, and people telling me, how many birds are we going to shoot? I said, I don't know. I said, what do you mean? Yeah, 
What do you mean? I said, listen, I just turned the machine on. <laughs> so, I mean, how many shells do you recommend somebody brings for a day? Well, well, when, when, what people said to me this morning, how many shells do I need for the simulated drive? And I said, well, you definitely need 50. So take 50 with you. Um, so what we do is we do the sim drive. So everybody's warmed up. And they're all shooting, starting to shoot instinctively. Then the next thing we do is we jump on the gun bus. We take them down to the first tower. And then we, we place the guns around the tower. Everything's set. And obviously then we, we birds over. We start to release the birds. And what we normally do is, is again, depending on the number of birds released. Today we had, um, it was a... a a 300 bird release, so it was 150 birds released from each tower. And what we did is we did five rotations. So the good thing is, if you start on number two, you end up on number 10. So you, you shoot all the way around. And then what we did, uh, we, we finished that, and then we have 11s, which is, if you like, snacks in, in the field. Because by this time, believe it or not, even though you had breakfast, you're, you're starting to get a bit hungry. Um, so, of course, then we... we we bring the food down. We, we have food in the field, and it's small for us. Like today, just to give you, um, get your taste buds going, Brenda made uh, pear and partridge sausage rolls. Then we, had, then we had mini cheese and onion stuffed jacket potatoes, like small jacket potatoes, but not. Well, we had that. Uh, and, but the big thing that's, very, that's most popular is the bullshot broth. Hmm. Now, Every estate in England has its own version of bullshot broth. Um, all I can say to you is because it's a secret ingredient wherever you go. Um, bullshot broth here with Brenda, it has uh, it has a tomatoey sort of broth base. Then it gets some beef bouillon in it, and then several types of alcohol. <laughs> it's, it's I have to say, I believe, um, without giving it away, includes brandy and Madeira. Um, and, I, and a cup of that will keep you warm for a week. Um, <laughs> and that's what it's designed to do. It's just designed, so we do 11s, um, we have 11s, so it's about a half hour break. Um, everybody warms up, a great chance to chat and talk about some of the great shots that they've had, um, exchange stories. Um, and then what I did, we then put everybody on the gun bus, and then we moved to the second tower here, which is referred to as Tristan's Wood. And it really, I know I'm biased, but it's a really lovely location because all of our towers are concealed. They're in the trees. You can't see them. But this one, this one's Tristan Wood, is in a, a stand of pines, which has then got a, like a clearing around that, but that is surrounded at the back by pines. So you're really in this really nice enclave. And the birds come out. I mean, we have birds today. Um, by the time they, they've got over the trees and they're coming over the guns, some of those birds were, were a good 150 feet, you know, above the guns. Good, really good sporting passing shots. Um, and it was great. And, and again, we go around the tower. When we finished the day off, we, we were back up here at the clubhouse. And I have to get it right because the kitchen sell me off if I don't. Um, we've got back here about 2.15. So everybody comes back. There's a glass of wine. We obviously take some trophy photographs and we toast the birds. Very important. You know, I get the guns out. And the birds are laid out, and we toast the birds. Mm. You know, you pay, you pay respect to those birds that have given all these guns great sport. Okay, so it's very traditional here. We come out, we toast the birds. Um, we can take, obviously, some traffic photographs. 
and then obviously we come back in, the birds go into the larder or to the cold room where the boys start cleaning, preparing the birds for the guns. Um, and then the boys come, we, we all came back. I mean, today, to give you an idea on the menu, it was um, a, it's five spice squash soup. Then we had followed by a traditional uh, French farmhouse beef bourguignon uh, with what we call crunched crispy roast potatoes. And there was, believe it or not, a, a fried brioche, rocket and date salad, warm salad to go with it. Um, and that, that was that. And then, of course, I, my, my job, which it's a dirty job, but somebody has to do it. I have to match the wines to all of it. So, um, so obviously, yeah, we had, we had the wines. There was a virtual I chose with the, um, the soup. And we had a wonderful uh, Californian Pinot Noir with a beef bourguignon. Um, and then we had uh, chilled pork, tawny pork, BRT, with, and with it. So, and that was it. And then, of course, really, the guns, I mean, uh, then they wander outside. I mean, they, uh, the wine is freely flowing. Um, they went out, and obviously the cigars went on. The pork got emptied. And, uh, and we eventually, uh, I think we, literally, I think I said, you know, because Ben said, you've got to get these chaps out now, you know, because you've got the pork pub. Um, so that, that, and that's it, and and that's really the the, the glorious essence of, of the day. It's, um, it's a mixture of uh, truly enjoying the countryside, the great sport the birds give you, brilliant camaraderie. Um, I like being here in America because there's a little bit more banter here. It's a little bit more um, ginning about, and it, it's great fun. Um, and it and it's great, and, and everybody comes back and. Um, and that's truly, really, if I'm, if I'm honest, that's the big difference between doing what I would call a, a British-style driven shoot. Uh, the American, what we call the American classic, is great. It's, very ca- yeah, it's far more casual. Um, well, it's a great day, but the guys come back and they have lunch, they go off and shoot and come back. But, but the British day, yeah, it, it's really the whole experience. Um, that's great. I, lo- I love the sound of it, and I, I, I can't wait to give it a try this year. Uh, so Green Acres is in Roberts, Illinois, yep. um, Central Illinois, about an hour and a half south of Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're spot on. We're, we're 90 minutes south of, of what I call just um, almost um, uh, just outside of Central Chicago. Um, we're in a small town called Roberts. Um, it's an hour and a half, as you say, south of Chicago on the Interstate I-57. Uh, for those that know it elsewhere, we're about uh, an hour uh, east of Bloomington. Uh, there's an, the other town uh, that people would know is Champaign. We're about 45 minutes north of Champaign. Um, we get people coming to it. The great thing now is we've got people coming to us from, we have members from uh, Kansas, uh, St. Louis. Uh, we've got guys coming down from uh, Alaska. It's it, it's brilliant. It's, uh, we, we've got a great following. We're, people are finding us. Um, easy to get to. Uh, as I say, if, if, um, if you're driving in, we've got pretty much the 55, the, the 57. We're very easy accessible. It's lovely. I'll tell you what, we, we had a great couple, Debbie and Bert Barker, came on our Valentine's Day show. And they came down from, and people had to go, I think it was North Michigan. Um, they, they had, we, we had people driving to us that are, it's a seven-hour drive, or, or like chapter today, it's four-hour drive. Um, 
so we are relatively easy in, in a sense to get to, uh, and people are, are coming in. But yeah, we're in the middle of Illinois, um, and um, uh, despite it being sort of flat, we can still throw pretty high birds. And, uh, and yeah, come, as I say, come to Little Britain in Illinois and have a great time. <laughs> well, Keith, I think that's a great way to wrap this episode up. Hey, thanks again. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Ryan. I'm delighted to have been on, and uh, see you, everyone. Bye. Well, there you have it. If you're looking for something different to try this year, I'd encourage you to sign up for a British-style shoot at Green Acres Sportsman's Club. Look them up on the web, follow them on Facebook, and check out their YouTube videos for a great look at what to expect. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll be back soon. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of A Break in the Action and encourage you to subscribe. Want to hear your voice on a future episode of A Break in the Action? Leave a message, ask a question, or suggest a topic on our listener line at 317-489-0103. And don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram for more information, discussion, and photos. If you would like to reach Ryan directly, Email him at a break in the action at gmail.com.